0: I was thinking the other day, you know, we're a church and a lot of our, we have a group text and a lot of our group text is about one person or actually one family, one family. And I'm not questioning, you know, what's going on or is it right or wrong, but the thought was like, you know, should we be doing all this about one person? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we should. (laughs) it's our family. And... And it's a beautiful family. It's beautiful to see the text, the love, the support, the willingness to help. Um, I don't know. It's it's amazing. It's it's heartfelt to see that. Just everybody's response and the yeah. It's it's great. It's great. A um, couple announcements. Speaking of said family, um, if you want to help in any way. Um, I believe Ronnie is our point man, so please see Ronnie. He is going to have information for you, and if he doesn't, he'll get it for you. There you are. I was looking for him. He's right in front of me. (laughs) Um, They just bought a house, and their lawn needs to be cut. Things need to be done. That grass, unfortunately, it grows every week. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I don't know exactly what we're going to do about that, but that's the guy to talk to right there to take care of things for their house for whatever whether it's financial or just physical help that you want to be able to do let's see Ronnie about taking care of our family um also Marilyn Lydia and Sarah are organizing a fundraiser and they've got a lot of baskets donated but they still need money to put the whole thing on I don't really know too much about it other than that they're taking care of it. So please see one of these ladies. If you want to donate time, money, things, whatever you want to donate, please see one of these ladies. Um, Unfortunately, that hospital is not cheap. Um, Bills are going to come. And yeah. So um, also, one more thing is this coming weekend, we have drum roll, please. We have Matt and Dez coming. in. Um, they'll be here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I have notes here, but I'm not going to try to get to them. Um, so please be here. There is the Times, I believe, on Facebook and up here for you to see. Yes, they are up here. Um, I, can, I wish I knew the Times, but... Friday, 7 o'clock, Saturday, 5 o'clock, and Sunday, 10 There we go. <laughs> Ask and you shall receive. <clears throat> Um I I'm pausing for time because I wanted to share something. We had a prayer. Let me see if I can I had it this big and I'm going to try to make it this big. Let's see what happens. <laughs> we had a prayer on when did we have prayer on? Wednesday. And you know, we were praying and the prayer was about Roger and Sarah just with what's happening. Um they're talking lung transplant. And, you know, when you hear that, it's, you know, we're not doctors and it's, it's fearful as a believer to step out and say, no, that's not what I want. I don't want a lung transplant. I want brand new lungs. I want healed lungs. Because the fear in your mind is, what if you're wrong? <laughs> what if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't happen this time? <sighs> I don't want to listen to those fears. <laughs> I don't want to listen to the doctor's reports and be afraid to not speak out what God can do. Because even up until the time, it's time, new lungs can appear. And that's what I want to stand on. I don't want to be afraid of what's not going to happen. I want to believe for what could happen. So with that, I wanted to just read this. This is John 14, 12 through 14. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, Will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask. Sorry, I'm getting. Hmm. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name, and that is how the Son will show that the fa- that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like, and bring glory to Him. Ask me anything in my name, and I will do it. That's not the right version that I wanted to read, but in that version, in that scripture, another version. Greater things than these will we do, is what Jesus said. And I just want to leave you with that. As we leave here today, remember that. When you're playing for Roger, you know, look, the family's giving us updates, and that's great. I'm not trying to throw the doctors out. I'm not trying to say God can't use the doctors. He can. He can. But there's a process that happens with a transplant like what he's looking at. And Roger's got work to do. He doesn't have time to take a year off of his life, right? He's got work to do. And as much as the battle in my mind is to not ask these things because what if? To throw that out the window. And we're going to believe for what God can do. And I wanted to leave you with that because remember that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And also... That you'll do greater things than what Jesus did. That means with your voice you can speak healing into his lungs, new lungs, even if. So I just want to leave you with that. Am I forgetting anything? Oh, we just we need a drum roll for Chris. I like I like when I, I like to walk off and see the smile and the redness in his face. That's when I know I've done my job. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. You love her, right? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, man, there's just so much to cover. I'm so grateful. I, I say this a lot, um, and I mean it with all, all of our hearts. We mean it that you guys are just an amazing group of people, and you are what makes up Core Church. I know we had a, a few visitors. I just wanted to welcome y'all. Um, I, maybe a second timer. I saw a couple of people. Just welcome to CORE. Uh, yeah. We, uh, we are a little different. Um, we're not looking for a church service. We just want to have an encounter with the Father. Um, so it, things are a little different, and um, that's okay. Um, but welcome. And maybe I can get a handshake or so uh, afterwards. we got some people joining on Zoom. And um, uh, I know there's still several people uh, be praying. You know that's the one big thing about us core. We believe in family, and that's that's really our, our biggest core value is family. And uh, that's why we're going to let our kiddos. Uh, don't y'all have something special today going on? That's pretty cool. Let me um, let me just. You know we had a we had a big shakeup with our, our. We had three weeks off. Of services, and that kind of rattled our, our, our routine, our normality, right? Um, and so, man, that's a major deal that y'all are doing today, so I apologize that we didn't find a way to um, to, to pump that up a little more, because that deserves, you kids are our future, and, uh, you know, we're excited for, for what y'all are learning, where you're headed, and actually we're excited about where God is going to use you guys to take Core Church and not just core Church, but the world, where you guys are going to lead the world to. So, uh, yeah, man, have at it. Have fun. Enjoy it, man. It's good stuff. Praise the Lord. It's good stuff. Amen? Um, uh, last, last week, well, I was mentioning that we had a few people that are uh, out. I know Carrie's at home, not feeling well. Uh, and of course, Roger and Sarah. Roger's in the hospital, and, you know, Raquel mentioned that. Please be praying uh, for them. And then uh, we got some people out on, on running around all over the place, man. Uh, uh, and it's good to see some of our others back, man. Good to be back. Amen. Get back in the in the rhythm of things. But uh, um, so this morning I, I wanted to um, kind of run back to where we were last week and just tie up a few ends. Um, but I, but I I'm also pulled in a direction of, as I was as I was praying the other day and, and just kind of talking with the Lord about some stuff, um, that the, the the what Raquel's talking about, um, um, you know, having those thoughts of man, I don't want to speak that out. And I mean, you know, do you do a Smith Wigglesworth and go in the hospital and 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 punch Roger in the, in the chest to get his lungs? Do you do that? You know, do you do you stand up on top of the bed with him and? Jump on him, or uh, you know, Ryan Pena went off and uh, front chest kicked somebody a few years ago. I mean, I mean like 10 years ago or something. I don't, I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> um, you know, we have actually, and if you're homegrown, if you've been here a while, then you, you know this already. And I'm not trying to repeat myself, it's just that we have so many new people. We have new subscribers to the YouTube and the podcast weekly, actually. It's really cool. And so I try to cover some of these things to to describe who we are. Uh, but so I'm not repeating myself for just to repeat myself. But, um, you know, we've seen actual creative miracles happen right here. Uh, as a matter of fact, right where Eric is sitting uh, was the last one. And it freaked me out. I mean, I'm praying for it. and I'm believing for it. At least I thought I was, because when it when 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 Rick's arm completely went down to normal, I was freaked out, man. I was like, "Oh snap! That just happened for real." <laughs> um, but see, there's this. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go there and, and turn with me to Psalm 18. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go here instead. I just feel like I'm supposed to. Psalm 18. Um, let me know when you're there. Last week, what I was talking about was a freedom for identity. And we talked about how we're one with Christ and in and, and his resurrection and all that. And, and that means all of the heavenly realm, you and I were dual citizens. We have, we have full, we don't have access, we are. Like, it's not something we request and something we hope for. It's something that we are. But in Psalm 18, uh, let me get over there. Um, This is a very powerful passage. Um, David wrote these words right after Saul had almost killed him. And, um, uh, man, the Lord actually, man, God himself actually rescued David out of the hands of Saul. Powerful, crazy stuff. But I'm going to read out of the New American Standard just a few verses, and then I'll get into what I'm trying to share with you today. He says... David writes this, right? He says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my Savior. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. He's my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. There's a lot of good stuff in that verse, right? You read this verse and you know God is for you. Is that true? You can read this and you can know that God's got my back, man, in in my time of everything, not just my need. He's my rock, my strength. And on and on. In verse 4, David writes this: He says that the the ropes of death encompassed me uh, or encompassed me. uh, And the torrents of destruction terrified me. The ropes of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. And in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry for help before his name, before, before him came into his ears. The earth shook and quaked, verse 7. The foundations in the mountains were trembling uh, and were shaken because he was angry. If you go on to read, it's a pretty long uh, psalm. He, God was angry because of what was happening to his son and he took care of it. Um, that's my dad that I, that I got, right? My dad's got my back. And I love it. In the Passion, let me read a few of these in the Passion translation where it breaks down a little bit different, a little better actually in the Hebrew. He says, Lord, I passionately love you and I'm bonded to you. Uh, For now you've become my power. Are you glad you got Jesus as your power? Yeah. He says, You're as real to me as bedrock beneath my feet, like a castle on a cliff, my forever firm fortress my mountain of hiding, my pathway of escape, my tower of rescue where none can reach me, my secret strength and shield around me. You are salvation's ray of brightness shining on the hillside, always to the champion of my cause. Is it good? Verse 3 says, All I need to do is call to you, singing to you the praiseworthy God. When I do, I'm safe and sound in you. It's just a declaration of how good and how powerful and how strong and how caring and how protective that our God is for you. Is that true? Do you, you see that? And so, um, I asked this question. There's a question that I've been pondering. I'm a dual citizen. Raquel just read the verse where Jesus himself said, Hey man, You guys are going to do greater things than I did. And we get in these moments where we have our family who's in the hospital and needs a lung transplant. What do we do? How do we do? Like, this is our God that we just read about. Who's all these things, and we're in this situation where we need him to move. I've I've said this before. I you know I I've, I've been healed before by all kinds of stuff, different things. But I have this really bad eczema, and it's a different thing that I have too uh, called folliculitis, which affects my skin, and really I'm not gonna say bad, but it's um I, it's it's it gets bad sometimes, and man. We have prayed. Raquel has hit me in the face, trying to heal it. You know, she tried to do, she tried to do uh, Wigglesworth and Shambock on me, man. You know, <laughs> y'all know Shambock, right? Yeah, hey boy, that's tried changing the diet, prayed day and night, fasted. All, I've done all that, and it doesn't get healed. But I've seen in creative miracles like arms going back and. We've, we, I mean, we've seen this kind of stuff, but why won't my skin heal up? Why hasn't Roger's lungs healed up instantly? Greater things from the God that is my refuge, my strength. And I mean this from no negative standpoint. Please hear me. I am not coming negative against our dad <laughs> at all. Uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with pondering into him and to his word and his promise. Uh, I believe that's where we find our deeper answers, actually, is where you get into that intimate conversation with him. Oops, stuff went off. So I mean it with no negativity whatsoever. But, Dad, this is who you are. This is who you told us you are, and we're coming to you to move on behalf of our family. And to heal Roger miraculously. We don't want a lung transplant. We want it to instantly be healed. We want the doctors to say, what the, I mean, I would be, that'd be cool with me if they started cussing. What the? I want that kind of a move, like where the doctors are like, what is going on with this? Well, see, my dad is a refuge. My dad is my power. He's my strength, my stronghold. He's my fortress. And he's, everything. You know, we were praying for him the other night. Sarah called, I don't, it was a bunch of us. I don't know who it was. It's this late. And she called and we started, she goes, guys, I'm just here with him and we need to pray. And his numbers were down really low. And um, I know they were at the point where it was scary. Um, and your oxygen numbers are supposed to be above 95. And it was, whatever number it was, I don't even remember what she said. I thought it was somewhere in the 80s or the 70s is what I kind of thought I understood. And man, we just all started praying. Uh, Angela never stopped. She was just going. <laughs> we were, and we all started praying, and Sarah's there because he coughed. And when he coughed, a little bit of phlegm came up and gets in the mass thing, and it messes it up, and he can't breathe. You know, when you can't breathe, it's like drowning, and so there's Roger in the hospital bed drowning in his own lungs and his wife is sitting there and she started to say no no stop it stop it I got scared when she said that Should have heard her Ryan she was had all this authority I'm like oh snap and we started we begin to pray we begin to call out on our refuge on our strength on our fortress our high tower, our Savior, we begin to call out to him. And somewhere in there, um, his number, he, he gave out one good cough and his number shot up to like 90s. And, you know, that's great and I love it. But I wanted him to go, man, I'm good. Get this junk off of me. And I'm giving you this, I'm not rabbit trailing, I'm giving you this picture of a scenario that we are facing currently as a church and as a family that we need the God who says he is, who he says he we need this this is our father. This is our God. We've seen him this way, we need him to move this way right now. And so we continue to call. But what I want to what I'm running into is like this we're looking for God to do that, right? Like we're actually we have a situation that we can see, we have a target. It's his lungs. It's going to be their finances. He he can't work. It's going to be all those things that, that add up. And we can clearly see this. This is a defined moment, right? And we know how we need to pray. We know all the things we need to do. But what about the move that you don't see? And the thing you don't know, the target you don't have? Let me... Let me get to this, I'll tell you what, let's go to um, let's go to the book of Acts, chapter eight. Um, we're not going to go there today, but in in Hebrews um, in Hebrews um, uh, the writer wrote a crazy, crazy, powerful scripture that says, God moves in various ways and circumstances. Different versions word it different, but He, he, he moves in all kinds of different ways. You know that other passage that we know about that sometimes you, you don't know it and you're entertaining angels? You, you, you know that scripture, right? Um, you, you remember that the, the disciples themselves, the men and women that walked with Him for three and a half years, day in, day out, every day, lived with Him knew him, were taught and discipled by him that when he, when he resurrected, they didn't know who he was. You remember that? Remember the disciples on the way to Emmaus and he walked with them 17 miles and they didn't even know who he was? See, I believe there are moments in our life that are opportunities for God to surprise us if we're willing to step in and be aware And there's some of these moments, and I don't know if this thing with Roger, like, I believe God's going to do it. One way or another, God is, it's all going to work out for Roger's good. Because the situation doesn't have a choice, right? Because Romans 8, 28 promises us that everything works out for our good, no matter what. And this situation's not good, so it's not over. Amen? Is that true? But here, um... In, 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 um, excuse me, in Acts chapter eight, I told you chapter eight, right? So here's, uh, go down to verse 26. Um, this is, uh, um, the story about the Ethiopian and, and, uh, there was an angel that spoke to Philip, uh, the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip in verse 26 and he says, uh, get ready to go south. Uh, to the road that descends to Jerusalem to Gaza, and this is uh, this is a desert road, and so he got ready. He went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning. And, or he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading Isaiah the prophet, verse twenty nine that says that then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join the chariot. So Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, Hey, do you understand what you're reading? He said, Well, how could I unless someone teaches me? And he invited Philip to sit with him. And and here's the passage that he was reading. It was it was passages about Jesus and you know the Messiah coming. Verse thirty four, the eunuch. Um, answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or someone else? And Philip opens his mouth, and, and he begins from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. And, and, and then they, they're, they're going down the road, and, and they come up to some water, and the eunuch, the Ethiopian, he says, Hey, here's some water. What's to stop me from getting baptized? And Philip says, Believe that Jesus is Savior, and let's get in the water. And so... They go down and they baptize him. But look in verse 29 or 39, he says, When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. And Philip found himself in Azotus, uh, and he passed through. And as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all cities until he came to Caesarea. we got two situations here that are completely unexpected. He comes up on an Ethiopian, and remember, this is still the time where the gospel is still, you know, spreading out. They don't have iPhones to know that they can track the gospel is moving there in, in Ethiopia. They don't know that. They've made some. There, there's already been some missionary trips from some of the folks, and uh, but this is really cool that um, he comes up on this situation and he heard the spirit of God and this man, um, who is a pretty high authority, right. He's a treasurer of the Queen of Ethiopia. I don't know if you know this, but Ethiopian or the country, the nation of Ethiopia at that time, that was a big deal. It's a pretty powerful uh, country, very influential. And I don't know, some people say they're the lost tribe of Israel. I don't know. Maybe. They say they got the Ark of the Covenant over there right now. (laughs) That's really what they say. I don't know. But. the situation, Philip comes up, and there's two, two scenarios here. There's the surprise of Philip to walk, on this, walk up on this guy and, get, and, and have the opportunity to just preach to him or to tell him, you know, just have a conversation about the Lord. And then there's the opportunity that the, or the surprise that the Ethiopian had. Like, man, who is this guy? And then all of a sudden he gets to hear and receive the revelation of the kingdom. And then the second surprise is, can you imagine? I'm going to go pray for Mary and Larry at their house, Shondai, and then I'm snatched away to Azotus, <laughs> snatched away to Can you imagine a moment like that where, like, I, I don't, I, 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 I know people who have had some, some of those kind of encounters like that. Uh, Matt, who's coming this weekend, they have a friend, or is it his brother? I don't remember now if it's, if it's, if it was Jeremy or, but, um, he had a, he, 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 he thought he was dreaming. That's the way he described that he was dreaming. And he went to this, uh, this little village somewhere and that he was all of a sudden in this, this little hut thing and he was praying for these people and, um, he remembers uh, standing like in a little bit of muddy kind of stuff. Um, and he's praying for these people. And it was a little boy, I think. I may be getting it wrong. And then he woke up from the dream. He thought it was a dream. His shoes were actually muddy that morning when he, when he looked at them. And there was actually, he was actually going to this other country. In the dream, he didn't know the country or where he was. But when he went to this village, uh, they knew who he was. They said, oh, you're the guy that prayed for my son. There are countless realities of that happening, and I, I, that's one of those unexpected things. Philip didn't say, he didn't have any awareness that one, he was going to come up on the, the open. He didn't have any awareness that he was going to be snatched over to another city. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm going to Dallas tomorrow for a convention, babe. I'll see you in a little bit, and I get snatched over to... Sacramento? Can you imagine? I don't know. But does this make sense? The awareness that, that needed to happen right then. Philip actually heard the spirit of the Lord. That's what he says. In, at first, an angel of the Lord said, hey, go here. And then he gets snatched away from the spirit of God. An awareness of what was going on. This wasn't a normal situation like Roger in the hospital. Right? this makes sense? Yeah. Now, let's go to the very next chapter Chapter 9, and y'all all know this passage, I'm pretty sure, um, Acts 9, probably took you a long time to get there, right? <laughs> Acts 9, let me get over there. Um, we've heard so much about this story about Paul, or Saul, changing over to Paul, um, being converted. Um, In in chapter 9 is where we have the actual conversion of Saul into Paul. And so we start out in verse 1. I'm just going to kind of run through because I'm sure you already know the story. If not, please go back and read these. It's so much detail. He's he's already come to um, the leaders of uh, the synagogue, and he has gotten permission to hunt down Uh, and capture people of the way that's what they began to call Christians Um, I don't know if you knew this or not but the word Christian at that time it was started not as a a good thing it was started as a derogatory uh, name so they had been calling the way and Paul or Saul had permission to go and um, they were even bringing people out of their house and and you know, and all this stuff. He's on the road to Damascus. In um, uh, in verse three, as he was traveling, it happened that as he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?" And he said, uh, "Who are you, Lord?" And and he said, "I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told to you what you must do." And the men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one, and Saul got up, in verse 8, from the ground. And though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was there without sight, neither ate nor drank. He's on the road. This is one of those moments, again, this isn't a family member in the hospital moment where you know exactly what to do and how to, how to handle it. Does that make sense? This is a situation that's out of the normal. And so they, they go on. He gets to Damascus, and then we have the story of Ananias who's praying away. Can, can you imagine what went through Ananias' mind when, when <laughs> the Lord comes to him in his prayer? And he says, hey, this guy saw. I want you to go and lay hands on him. And he says, uh, hold up. Wait a minute. I know exactly who this guy is. I think I'm hearing you wrong. That's that's he probably thought, man. That's Beelzebub trying to, <laughs> you know, trying to tell me something. To, no, 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 no. It, it was really the Lord. And so he goes and he prays for him, and we all know the story. That, um, um, verse. Let's look at verse 17. Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on on him, he said, "Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road." By which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like fish scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. And he got up and was baptized, and he took food and was strengthened. And for several days, uh, he was with the disciples in Damascus, and they began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, um, saying, "He's the Son of God." And it just went on; it created this this massive move as uh, Saul becomes the Paul that you and I know. And it happened from an encounter that he was not looking for. He wasn't aware of that. Does that make sense? Uh, one, one more real quick. Turn with me to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Let me know when you get there. I know we don't have the words up on the screen today. Uh, Sarah is in the hospital with her husband. Um so this is a this is a story of all kind of unexpectedness um you know at this time, man when people would um, they would see Jesus coming, everybody wanted to get to Jesus, right because they knew he healed people uh blind eyes, dead people raised all that kind of stuff right It became the normal but in in um in chapter five here, we have the the encounter uh, at Bethsaida. So in uh, verse one, I'm going to read out of the passion. It says in Jesus returned to Jerusalem to observe, uh, one of the Jewish holy days and inside the city near the sheep gate, there's a pool uh, called in the Aramaic, the house of loving kindness. Uh, and this pool is surrounded by five covered porches. Uh, hundreds of sick people were lying there on the porches and the paralyzed, the blind, the cripple, all of them waiting for their healing. For an angel of God would periodically descend into the pool and stir the waters. And the first one who stepped into the pool, after the waters swirled, would instantly be healed. Do we have one of those around here anywhere? Yeah, it's right here. John's pointing. Can you imagine, the, the, the there's, it says there's hundreds of sick people laying around there. So those people are already there for an expected outcome. Is that true? They're already there. They're expecting something to happen. They're in the place of expectation because of the physical place of where they are. They, they know that, hey, when, when the angel comes, the water stirs, first one in, snooze, you lose. I've always wondered about this. Like, what, like, We're going to read about this guy who was crippled, but I don't know, man. I think I would, I think if I was a dad or something, I think I would, I think I would have my kid, I'd put him on the edge of the pool and I'd be standing behind him. Right? If I was sick, I'd be on the edge and Raquel would be like, she'd be ready to shambok on me. But this is the do you, do you, Are you with me? Am I, I hope I'm making sense this morning. The there there. This is a situation where people know that God is who He is, does what He says, and will do this in this situation. And they're waiting for that. Their mind, their hearts, their understanding—they're set on a situation. Saul was on a road set for a different mission. And he got knocked off his horse, literally. Yes, makes sense. Um, even the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch, Ethiopian eunuch, he was set on a certain thing. He's still looking at God. Actually, Saul even Saul was doing what he was doing because he thought it was the righteous thing to do. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He he knew the law. He was doing exactly what he thought. God wanted him to do there's an expectation same thing with the Ethiopian eunuch same thing with Philip Philip thought he's just going to go down the road here's this guy oh I'm just going to go baptize him and then I'm going to get back on going down the road and then okay so that was for free Um, um, the blind the crippled this is verse four Uh, for an angel oh sorry we already read that verse five now there came a man who had been disabled for 38 years, lying among the multitude of the sick. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that the man had been crippled for a long time. So Jesus said, Do you truly long to be healed? And the sick man answered, Sir, there's no way I can get healed, for I have no one who will lower me into the water when the angel comes. As soon as I try to crawl to the edge of the pool, Someone else jumps ahead of me. So here is an expectation of what God can do, what the normalcy is of God in this circumstance, in this atmosphere of the pool. There's, there's There's an expectation, right? But there's also a hopelessness because he knows that he doesn't have the capacity to do what needs to be done. For God in that moment to heal him. My point is, he knows God is a healer. He knows it can happen right here. He knows what to do. There's an expectation. But God comes in a different way. Jesus walks right up to him. So Jesus says, Stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and you will walk. Immediately he stood up and he was healed. So he rolled up his mat and walked again. And the miracle took place on the Jewish Sabbath. Oh, oh, he just broke the law to heal a heart and a physical body. Yeah. So, man, this is, this is, it's a right expectation but I believe with a little bit of narrowed vision. Not, I don't mean that in a negative way. This man had no other vision to look for because all they knew was get in the pool and get healed. It didn't cross his mind that God would come and touch him and heal him through his son right there. Does that, that make sense? And the point is, is you and I have got to be at the place where we expect the unexpected. We've got to be in this. We we really are uh, part of the kingdom of the living God. Yes? Are you part of the kingdom? You're a son and a daughter of the kingdom of heaven. We're not part of the gospel. We're part of the kingdom. The gospel is just the good news of who we are. It's not who we are. It's the good news about it. And we... Have a God that is truly capable of doing all things anytime, anywhere. And the kingdom has no boundaries. The kingdom has no limits. Because our God has no boundaries and no limits. And so... um, I know every, every, those of you that are normal regulars here, y'all are core family. I know that you, you know God can do the impossible. I know that you know that. We've seen it. I, I, know, I know your stories. I know your hearts. I look around and I see so many that have actually experienced or prayed for and seen a miracle. But are we limiting our vision to that? Or are we opening up to the unlimited possibilities of being able to do the greater things? You'll hear Raquel and John joke about going through walls like Jesus did. Um, yeah, now, now they're really going to think we're crazy. <laughs> I don't know, man. Do I think that, that God can whisk me from one place to another? Absolutely. He did it here. And... He's no respecter of persons. He didn't do it only with Philip. He did it actually several other people. Sorry, rabbit trail. My my point is is that we've got to come to the place where the God that we know about is the God that we look about for. We've got to widen our vision and and expect the unexpected. And honestly, listen, I'm, I'm the first one to tell you, I don't know how to do that. I, I don't know how. I'm a very patterned person, man. Whew. Easy. <laughs> I am. Things in my work, in my, in my life, and in our company work very well because it's a pattern, man. You know why your car runs the way it does? It runs good because it's following the pattern, the mechanics of how it is. Does that make sense? And I have trouble getting out of my patterns. But I've got to step out from my pattern to expect the unexpected. Um, in whatever moment, whatever situation, and, and I'm, I'm being open with you, I don't know how to do that. I'm right now, I'm asking the Lord to help me to, I'm asking Holy Spirit to, like what you did with Philip, can you just tell me? <laughs> and he says, No. <laughs> No, I'm not going to just tell you. What's the fun in that? That's how I hear it. That's how I hear the Lord. It's like, what's the fun in that, man? I want you to dig in. I want you, I want you to expand and expound. I, wanna, I want your heart to grow in this expect, expect, expectancy, in the hope. Hope is not just what we can see and expect in the moment. Hope is what we can't understand and have no capacity to do, but yet we believe it can happen. And what does that look like? I don't know how many of y'all have had a prophetic word, someone that you don't have any clue that they, they don't know you from Adam, but they speak over you and it comes true or better. You had a word of knowledge. You ever had, Oh man, those are scary ones. <laughs> you know, Matt, Matt is coming this week and him and Dez, um, uh, they're incredibly prophetic, but Matt truly is uh, a gift to the body of Christ when it comes to word of knowledge. Um, some, Dan McCullum said that Matt Gonzalez was the uh, Hispanic Sean Boltz, Bowles, and I, I told Matt, no, that's not right. Sean Bowles is the white Matt Gonzalez. That's what it is. Um, but man, the Spirit of God can speak to you through anything, anytime, anywhere. And I know we're a bunch of crazy people in here that believe that kind of stuff, but I think what I'm, what I'm hearing for us, church, as core, I know I'm hearing it for me and my own, person, person, my own personal uh, relationship. But as a pastor, I believe that for our community, he's trying to get us to a place where we need to believe for the more. Not just what can but what cannot be. Can we believe for what cannot be? Can we believe for those things that are truly impossible? That's where he's trying to get us in a mindset because that is the reality of the heavenly realm that we are sons and daughters of. Remember last week we read in Colossians, and I was going to go there, but I'll, I'll just, I'll save that. We read in Colossians how it's the, natural, um, it's the natural realm that distracts. You remember that? And that's what it does. The things of the natural, they distract. Um, so what can we do as a community? What can we do as a son or a daughter to believe for the unbelievable? I, I, think, it, I think it starts with... Number one, telling him that, man, dad, I don't know how to believe for a lung trance or lung healing transformation. I don't know. How- I mean, I don't know. I'm going to start there. Hey, dad, you're, you're my rock and my fortress, my stronghold, my tower, my ever present help in time of need. I don't know how to pray for this. What do I pray for? How do I move? And I come to the place, I need to come to the place where I believe what cannot be because he simply can. Does that make sense? Um, Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. We'll end right here. Are you good? Are you with me? Do we need to stand up and do some jumping jacks or something? Okay. Oh, where do we go? Sorry. Um, Chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Man, I totally forgot to acknowledge that Mark was on the box with us this morning. Wasn't that good stuff? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We're growing. So you, you probably know verse 1 in, in, a, in a regular version. Now faith is a certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen, for by it the people of old gained approval. Verse uh, I'm sorry, out of the Passion, says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Man. Verse 3. Let's read verse 3. says... Oh, where'd it go? I lost it. Man, these numbers are so small. Faith empowers us to see... That the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. So it's not that we don't have faith. It's that I'm trying to point out that um, not just to have faith for the situation that we see and that we expect. You go, you know, Roger's in the hospital. We expect to pray for him. We expect to see him get healed, right? But what about outside of that? How about outside of that normal circumstance? I think we need to ask the Lord, is there something else here? Um, is there something that maybe we're missing? I mean, we've done, called down every stronghold and demon around that hole. There ain't nothing around that, that hospital. There ain't, there ain't no stronghold around that thing. No principalities over there, man. I mean, we've been fighting for weeks. Yeah? I bet Satan is over here like, dang, would these people shut up about this? Like, I'm not there. Leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, man, we have done some warfare. And I know some people, you know, me and Angela were talking about that the other night, that maybe it is still something there that we don't see or we don't know. Why is this healing not coming this way? Is there another purpose? Is there another plan? Is it going to be like Raquel said? Is it going to be the very last minute? I, I don't know. But are we asking the question of what more? What else? Are we just in that same picture that we kind of have known when we're supposed to go after the unknown? Does that make sense? So, let me read this one more time because I, I, I feel like this will solidify it all. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. The, the reality for you and I is that the supernatural realm, the kingdom of heaven, that's our reality. And healings do happen. Prophetic words do come to pass uh, prophetic words are actually created. Or, I should, how should I say that? Um, how do I word that? A prophetic word is either foretelling or forthtelling. And the foretelling is seeing what is going to happen, where the forthtelling is it actually being created as you speak it. And you have the power to do that because of what Jesus said and did and who he is and who your father is. Paul wrote it. Probably, probably the, the the most beautiful way in Romans four seventeen, to call those things that are not as though they are, right? And, um, man, sorry, I lost my spot. Oh, I lost my spot there. You know where I was going, John? <laughs> sorry. Anyway, whether it's a prophetic word, whether it's a word of knowledge, whether it's the healings and the, all the normal things, those are all. Ours. Those are all truths that we have because we're sons and daughters of the King. We are a kingdom minded people, right? We're not, are we? Yes? Are we kingdom minded? Okay, I'm in the right church then. Um, And so we've got to look beyond the normal of what we think and try to uh, see what is beyond that horizon of what we know, what we expect. Does that make sense? I don't know how to expect the unexpected. I, I don't know how to do that yet. I'm I'm asking the Lord, okay. You know, I know one thing for me. For me, because I'm such a pattern person that when the spontaneous unexpected things happen, I gotta not get upset. You know any other pattern people in here? Any other OCD people patterned, right? Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Man, I mean, when you got a plan, you got to stick to that plan. I know. I know that God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit get a kick out of messing up my plan. I know they get a kick out of it. I I I totally I hear it. I hear him laughing at me sometimes. Like I, I can picture Dad up there. Say, hey Jesus, watch this. Watch what he does right here. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Oh, you see what he did? All right. Now tell him what to do. I mean, I totally see it. Cause man, I'll be going along and, and dude, I'm just going and going. I'm, I know what I got to get done and and then something will happen. Um, we were actually working uh, on, our, on our new building Saturday. Uh, James was there and one of the other guys, and, uh, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm going, right? We're trying to get stuff done. I got to get in this building. Boom, 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 boom. And there was a moment, and it, it hit me, like, oh, wait, here's an opportunity. I think if I wouldn't have caught it, I think I might have come off a little jerky. You know what I mean? Like, if I hadn't a caught, I think I would have been so in my pattern that I would have come off like a jerk to this person. Not like Jesus. And I, I caught it. I was like, oh, and I got to be aware, not just be in my normal mode. Does any of this make sense today? Yeah? Why don't you stand with me this morning? So, I'm looking forward to the journey of us as, as, as a family, as a community, to expect the unexpected, to move into the unexpected. You know, one of the main things that we really uh, pursue here, and, in, in, um, you know, in the old days, we would try to infiltrate the community by going to the door and knocking on every door, giving them a chick track, and, trying to hit them with the King James version of the Bible. You know, they open the door and you're really ready to swing. You know? We'd catch the guys walking out of the store with beer, and we'd want to run up and tell them how bad it was, and, and, and we'd want to shun die. But really, um, you know, Jesus never did any of that. Do you realize that Jesus just had relationship with people and we're looking to build a relationship with each other and community because that's what Jesus did. And for all of us, the big thing is some of us are going to take the gospel into these unexpected places just as a, it's going to be overt, Right. You're just going to, that's what you're doing. you're, you're a, Well, like, so if I got invited to go somewhere as a pastor, or Raquel gets invited to go speak somewhere as a pastor, or to come to a meeting as a pastor, then that's, that's overt, right? You, 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 everybody knows who you are and what you're doing. But, you know, there's also, you know, sneaky Jehovah, Jehovah sneaky. <laughs> the covert way of the kingdom. Jesus never went around to... Well, he did in some points. He did proclaim who he was, right? But the woman at the well, he didn't go up there and shun die and whatever else. He just had a relationship. And he changed, it changed the whole city. And, and I know y'all know this. Um, some of y'all are going to be moving into areas where the the... the that's the right way to say it. The covertness of the kingdom is not that you walk in and you start smashing people with a Bible, but you're just showing the kindness of our Father. And when you get the prophetic word and you see what's going on with this person that needs to hear this, you don't go, oh man, I see the pink, the pink polka dots around your head <laughs> and there's a sunshine ray that goes through your ears and there's a rainbow dragon behind you, I mean you're going to have to hear and convert that into language for this person and, and covertly give them a prophetic word in the gospel. Make sense? And, you know, like I fully believe, Mary, I fully think you're going to step into the, some go, uh, government stuff. We've talked about that, and, you know, um, I think she's going to get that opportunity. Well, that, I mean, she's all about the kingdom, so she's going to be able to do that, Right. Anyway, my point with that is when Mary gets those opportunities, she's got to expect the unexpected, not the normal, this is the way that it's no, what can you do? What can you do, God? Does that make sense? Um, and there's so many of you others that there's so many words that have been spoken over y'all of where you're going to go and where you're going to infiltrate. And that's what we want to do. We, we want to infiltrate, and we want to bring the... the we want to infect people with the, with the uh, not the Rona, but the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom. Make that real clear. The gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of salvation. Salvation stops. It's just, the, it's just you get saved and that's it. Where the kingdom is your actual reality. Jesus talked about the kingdom. So let's make sure we get that right. But you have something to share? So now we're going to get the real word. <laughs>
0: um, I was thinking um, earlier, one of the things I wanted to share was, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Bethel. They had an issue um, a while back, I don't know how long ago, it was a young, I think she was a two or three year old little girl. and. I don't remember the exact details. I don't remember if she had died or she was on her deathbed and they were calling their church body and just people in general for resurrection for her to, you know, come back to life. And it didn't happen. And I don't have the answers for that. But what I, what I, um, what stood out to me in what happened with that situation is that it's easy to look at it and say, well, it didn't happen but I felt such a call to awaken the body to remember that we walk in that power to do that because there were so many people against them. you know, who are these people? I, and I heard one in particular, you know, who are they to, you know, sit here and tell them about um, to resurrect this young girl? Why, why would they try to do that? That's not right. That was back then and this is now, but that same power that Jesus had to resurrect someone, we walk in that today. And I just feel like with everything that Chris um, uh, spoke about, I would just like for us as a body to, again, go into prayer for Roger. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, are we going too much on this one guy? Maybe. But that's our family. We're not whole right now because this guy is not here and his wife. So we as a body need to keep going however long it takes, however many times we go to the Lord in prayer. That's what we need to do. And, you know, part of what I shared this morning, and I loved everything that he shared, is that I just wanted to build our faith to believe. And I'm not trying to point fingers and say nobody believes. That is not what I'm doing. But we've heard, you know, a lot of us come out from the church belief, the church religion, and we've seen it back here. We've seen it when prayers are going up and Things don't happen, and it has a way of weighing you down. And even though it's it's easy to verbally believe, but not believe up here, because those attacks are just there and they're going at you. Don't say it. Don't say it. They already said he was going to have a lung transplant. What's the church going to look like? What are you going to look like? You're standing up there believing for something that's not going to happen. I, I'm tired of those thoughts, and I don't want to stand on them, and I don't want to be quiet about them either. Because a lot of us battle those thoughts. I want us to step in and believe, regardless of what's going on here. I want to do the supernatural. I want to step into and verbally proclaim and believe of what God's capable of doing. And I wanted, um, I got a text about what someone was feeling in the room, if you don't mind sharing that. Yes. However you want to do it. And I just wanted to share this. Because, again, it's just one of those things that it just boosts our faith. It boosts, boosts, boosts <laughs> what we believe. Yeah. So I was looking around, and I just kept seeing um, stuff. And, um, and I kept hearing it may not look like there's a lot going on, but every seat is filled. And then I just kind of saw, like, an outpouring of angels and I could see like the activity in every seat. And I kept hearing that um, we're all here to build our faith. And so the angels are here and they're active and they're excited and they're here to build our faith in what we're stepping into. And so um, just that, that we're, we are a full body and we have a full presence with us and there's more among us than we can see, um, so. Ms. Margie, you wanna share something? Sure. While Chris was talking, I heard it. And then when Raquel was talking, I heard it again and again. Don't trust what you hear, trust what you know. It's good. It's good. Um, and, you know, as far as like what we're doing for prayer, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just winging this
1: thing. No, I, I don't actually. But I do, I know that um, some of you may have to leave. And, and so um, we're family and we're, we're not a normal church. What I'll do is we'll go ahead and dismiss real quick. And then if you, if you need to leave, you can. Uh, if you want to hang out and pray with us for five minutes or longer or 20 seconds, it doesn't matter. There's no religious rule stuff here. Um, we just know that our family is in need. And so we want to, we just want to, I'm glad that you, that the Lord spoke that to you. So uh, let me just pray to dismiss us. And if you need to go, then by all means, there's no, uh, it's not like old days where who's that leaving out of the church? (laughs) No, it's not like that. So Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that, I mean, I I know that that is, those two words are so true. This room is filled. Um, And so we just thank you for that. Thank you for your word and for your passion for us. And Lord, I pray that everyone that leaves this place today is simply on a a deeper journey to encounter the unexpected with you, uh, to know greater and to move in the greater things that you said we would do. I pray that our hearts and our minds would be filled with the supernatural possibilities of everything you are capable of and what we are actually capable of through you. Father, we love you and we bless you.